L, fantastic to see you. I can only assume that you are seated at your in-home studio because the last time I saw you was after our last recording on Monday. And for the viewing and listening audience, um, L went full meme here. And the viewers can see it. The audience, uh, the listeners basically just picture any dad with some white tube socks. And this guy is putting the vibe out. He is pulled up to shorty out of function, just vibe out. And a lot of other things are out. But basically, that's what L was like as I was leaving the newsroom on my way to my car. And I saw you, L, talking to, I can only assume, one of your show producers. And I wanted to stop and ask. But clearly, there was a moment being had. Welcome to the L. Duncan Show with Gary Streisky. Also, you just admitted a little bit that you were creeping on me and staring at me through windows, and that makes you nope. sort of a stalker, but that's fine, Gary. We'll just blow over that. Um, Assumptions. I said I was walking through the same newsroom, just saying, through the boom, but you were in your show pod, and I was like, nope, she's doing her thing. Okay. Um, well, you, you talked about commitment, not only to an inappropriate stretch in front of your coordinating producer, but also commitment to the grift. And uh, one of the bigger talkers oh. since we last met, Gary Streisky, was the return of John Morant. So I have a story for you. I go on this date. This is many years ago. This is pre-my husband. Okay. With this guy that I'd known for some time, but he finally, he finally convinces me to go on a date with him. And I go on this date with him, and everything is going so well. Mm -hmm. And we were having such a great time. And I'm not going to lie. Like, we were clicking. And I started doing the thing in my head that you do where you're like... Could this be it? Like you start, sort of, yeah, right. I'm like, this, I could do this kind of day. It was going so well, fairy tale like, really. And then, what? and then, he berated the waitress for letting his water level of his cup get too low. Perfect. And I was like, damn, we could have had it all. And that's exactly oh. how I felt watching John Morant in his game and his return as they come back from 24 and it was all there gary i mean all of the just cinderella he comes back his franchise is sort of teetering and he hits the buzzer beater he hits like three go-ahead buckets in the final 90 seconds and the last one of course is a buzzer beater the eeriest part gary he hits the game winner at 901 p.m do you know the area code for memphis 901 i mean it was poetry it was just perfect and then when he ran out of the tunnel after the game he starts yelling i got receipts i got okay receipts. yeah yeah that bothered me a little bit just because i i hope that he's not being advised that during this sort of redemption tour that he should have bravado you know the only approach in this situation especially a situation that you put yourself in is just unabashed humility and accountability and i am very fearful that this is quickly turning into a like good for you young son like you beat the odds kind of thing i think that was definitely jaw's story coming into the league that's why we love jaw and have rallied around jaw i'm not at all buying into this like good for you because everyone attacked you sort of thing and yeah. like prove the haters wrong i mean literally all 
anyone is asking John Morant to do is like not wave a gun on IG live or like point it at someone. That's it. Everybody mm-hmm. loves Jaw. Everybody thinks that he is a generational talent. Everybody thinks that he is one of the faces of the NBA. He is a joy to watch. That was on display the other day. We have missed John Morant in the NBA, but full stop on this. I, I, well, you know, yeah, I'm a be me. You know, his yeah. dad is saying that he is the most demonized player, uh, that he is the most mischaracterized player. And that just, well, I'm not doing this with you. Like, that is not a thing because it's not true. He dug his own grave. He's the one that did this to himself. Any obstacles that were placed in his way were placed there by himself. He has been an impediment to himself, nobody else. And that is the story. I said it yesterday on Around the Horn, Gary. This is a redemption story in the making. Mm-hmm. This is not an underdog story. And it ran completely counter to what he said before he made his debut Tuesday. Like, oh, I found myself. I had to mature. I learned some stuff about myself. I needed this time away for my mental, my physical, just so I can, you know, understand the position that I'm in. And then, yeah, he's like, he's running off the court. I keep receipts too. One, it doesn't even make sense in that context. And two, what did he mean? I don't, I don't understand it. You're completely right. Three, additionally, can we retire the I keep receipts thing? Because now every, now everybody has receipts, and we know nobody has receipts in real life. Not one. So I, no. I don't buy that. I am excited to see Job back with the Grizzlies because I think with him, they are a playoff team again. Right now, they're bottom three in the Western Conference. Five-game losing streak going into his debut. But with him, yeah. he's very – they're very clearly uh, – an explosive team, uh, a team that fires on all cylinders. I probably shouldn't have used that analogy. But, um, yeah, it's exciting to have him back. I also don't like everybody having to characterize every little thing they do as, like, us against the world, me against every single odd. Sometimes people just like like a wholesome story. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, sometimes people just want to see, like, this guy, John Morant, just start crushing it again at basketball, maybe approach things with a little bit more – a touch more humility, like you were mentioning, understanding the wrongs that he's trying to write and allowing us to like that story and not like this, as you mentioned it, this like retribution tour, this revenge Thank tour. You. It ain't no revenge other than you should just have revenge for the mistakes that you made, bro. <laughs> like, right, like, you, like the person you should be the most mad with is your friend that keeps putting on IG Live while you're Facts. holding a gun. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's probably a person that you should be seeking retribution on there's not a single what are the receipts i mean that my question is like what are what what are you talking about um what because not a keeping? single person has doubted you as a player not a single one your the approach for jaw right now should just be total accountability i talked about yes. this too as someone publicly who's messed up um people of course are going to mischaracterize you of course people are going to say things about your integrity and your character that are untrue. The truth is, is that you gave people the leverage to do that when you did things that called those things into question. Okay. Mm -hmm. And people that know, you know, who jaw really is. We keep hearing, you know, the people in his corner, like y'all don't know jaw. Of course we don't know jaw. Like y'all don't know jaw. That's the privilege of being in someone's inner circle. You know him particularly well. The people that knew me knew that I was better than that, that mistake that I had made that I worked really hard to, to be above board and that I made one mistake. They knew that to not be a part of my character, but the truth was I'm the one that opened the door 
to an open interpretation by anyone who had ever heard my name to, you know, have an assessment or an opinion on who I am as a person, something that people still like to throw in my face today. And my only approach continues and always has been total and complete accountability and humility. Like, yeah, you know, you're wrong about me, but at the same time, like I kind of did this to myself. I won't be defined by it. Josh certainly won't be defined by any of this. I truly don't believe that he will. He's 24 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, right away he comes back onto the court and you prove, you know, why everyone missed you so much, why you are all the things we've been saying that you are. So I don't think he's going to be defined by this, but certainly I think he'll be defined by the way he approaches this kind of adversity, how he approaches criticism, how he approaches people trolling him and coming after him. I mean, this is a, a tough lesson to learn, but one that you have to understand that you sort of invited, you know, when you uh, when you decided to do this, not once, but twice. Yeah, that's not the thing. Not once, the same bizarre mistake, not once, but twice. And there's just these repeated sort of things. And so I think, I hope that Ja did mature during that time off. Certainly, I've matured since, you know, I was 24 years old. Haven't you? Get well. I don't know if I want to ask Gary that, actually. I'm going to, yeah. Meh. Um, yeah. Yeah, but we're th to your point. This is not a rep retribution tour. This is not at all. Um, My question, though, because if you if this is the approach that he takes out of the gates when he makes his return, first game after the twenty five game suspension, this taping on a Thursday night, they play the Pacers. This is his first home game because they, of course, were in New Orleans to take it on the Pelicans. So he's obviously going to get a, a hero's welcome. You would assume in front of the home crowd. Mm -hmm. If this is the position that he is taking, this is the flag that he's planting for his return. And I'm not trying to forecast the future, read the tea leaves or hope this happens, but like what's going to be the excuse if something like this happens again, you know what I'm saying? Cause you mentioned it twice in four months, it was two suspensions after the first one. Hey, I'm going down to Florida. I'm going to go down to therapy, but it was at the end of the regular season. They needed him back for the playoffs. Dude was back within like eight games and we're not making light of, you know, what mental health really is. But I think a lot of people called into question, Hey man, you can't just listen. We're no experts, but you can't just hear yourself of something in six days or eight days or whatever it was clearly not because then it happened again on Instagram, which garnered the 25 game suspension. So all I'm saying, man, is like, it's a slippery slope, this position that you're playing, if something were to happen again in that orbit of mm -hmm. the previous two suspensions. Yeah. Um, as for whether they're a playoff, you know, team will certainly yes. like the Lakers were dead in the water this time last year. And we all saw what ended up happening after the Christmas break. The Grizzlies mm -hmm. were supposed to be a team that were built to win without John Moran. I mean, they had one more percentage of their games without him than with him, but they've had significant injuries uh, on that team. So it's not just that they haven't had job. They haven't had Steven Adams. Like there are some holes there still, but certainly yeah. with John Moran on your roster, you can make a real run. And I hope that they can. It's always been really fun to sort of see the Grizzlies continue to climb the hierarchy yeah. uh, of the West. Um, so it's a two seed. This, this was, was a two a, yeah, seed a season a ago. And yeah. now that it's a 10 seed, you know, on, in East conference with the play in, I mean, they're 13th. They can, they can make way. I mean, we're 25 games into the season. Um, yeah, there's plenty of runway left for them to make to a make real way. Make yeah, a yeah. real one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Speaking of which, we are in the final run before Christmas. Oh, dang. I hope you got your shopping done and I'm talking to myself because I don't. Um, But I think what we want to do here on the L. Duncan Show, Gary, is we just want to sort of throw it out there to the sports script writers. We all know that all of this is just one big, already predetermined script. It's a soap opera. And so we were hoping that in the vein of the 12 days of Christmas, (laughs) we could just throw out there 12 things that we hope that the script writers will bring us in the sports world at the top of the new year. Okay, I'll let you start with 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. So you can say on the 12th Uh day of Christmas, I hope the script writers give to me. Well, you know, it's the first day of Christmas and then they count backwards. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Do that then. All right. Here we go. Uh, Boom. An L Duncan show exclusive. The 12 days of the sports world Christmas calendar as brought to you by L and Gary. On the first day of Christmas. The sports writers brought to me a Zion chastity ring. Okay. I, it's topical. I, it's super adorable that you were singing. I think this yeah. is based on last week when I sort of embarrassed you by singing all of the Christmas Draymond hits. Yeah, but you wrote hooks. Was, yeah, this was not a singing assignment, Gary. This is just a jumping off point to talk about these things. So you do not have to bless us with that voice anymore, please. Oh, but thank okay, you. Okay. Well, I'm getting, getting kind of mixed signals that you're like, bless us with that voice. Are you sure you don't want me to sing these to the tune? No, I think we're all set there. Um, what I would okay. love for you to do though, is for the listeners slash viewers that don't know what you mean by Zion Oof. and a chastity ring. What this man is a virgin. Why don't you explain what you mean? I hate you. <laughs> oh, man, this is like we provide you the headlines and then go Google. I could have also used Tyreek Hill in this situation. Anyway, listen, with social media, mm-hmm. things get messy, all right? And these yeah. these professional athletes um, oftentimes get their business just absolutely thrown out there into the wind, yeah. into the into the internet, into the sphere into all of the un, uh, uh, of the all-knowing eyeballs, which are us, we consume it. So let's just say that Zion, Zion is getting his fair share of not just good eats down there in New Orleans, but he's getting his fair share of different kind of cakes down there, <laughs> down, down there in New Orleans. All right, he's eating plenty. Shit. On the second day of Christmas, I hope the script writers give to me uh-huh. 
The old Ovi. I mean, where are you, uh, Alex Ovechkin? Scriptwriters, yeah. give us Alex Ovechkin discovering his old man's strength because he was coming in hot for Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record last year. A record, Gary, nobody would thought would ever mm. be broken, ever, not ever. And he beats out Gordie Howe for second on the list last year. And you're like, yo, if Ovi plays, even though he's older, if he plays for a couple more seasons, he could do this. And then all of a sudden this season happens and he is mired in the worst scoring drought of his entire career. He's had five mm -hmm. goals in what, like 25 games. He's on a 13 game scoring drought. Um, it's Oof, just that happens. many. Yeah. Like he's, Jesus. So I'm hoping that OV can become the old OV and he can make this interesting again because um, yeah, it, it would be so cool to watch that. I think it'd be great for hockey. Listen, he's not, going anywhere until he gets that record, which is he 60 away, 60 something away. Yeah, he's like 68 away still. Yeah. I think. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He'll get there. He'll get there. Um, on the third day of Christmas, the script writers gave to me somebody who will draft an all Asian football team. I, I got to do it in the, in the tune. And listen, L this is, this is, Again, topical based off of our good friend. Never mind, not our good friend. <laughs> Thanks to Richard Mendenhall being like, I'm sick of these average white dudes talking about football. And then, of course, everybody had fun with the all black team versus the all white team. And there's awesome cases for both. I think we know who would win, but I'm like, damn, where's Young Hui Ku go? Yeah. Damn, if you guys need quarterback depth, where's Sam Howell going to go? Yeah. Where where's my guy Taylor Rapp gonna go? Um, so you know Could you I, want some... I feel like it I feel like you a little bit struggled to name three players. Yeah. So I'm where's my you... boy Poop Puka Nakua? Okay. Puka Nakua. Yeah. We got Puka okay. Nakua. That's all right. Cool. Uh, you the whole team? Man, and, and, and listen, and I know, and I know, gosh, who was trying to lay claim? Was it somebody on the McAfee show was trying to lay claim? Um to all of the Polynesians and the Islanders. No, those are Asians. All right. Those we get the Troy Palomalus. Okay. Gotcha. We get track. the we get the Heloti Natas. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We get them. Yeah. We still can't field a full team, which would actually probably lend itself for me to me getting the call off the bench probably oh, for the first no. time. The team, please find us a team. What we do got you think, bodies. What do you think would be the strength of the all Asian team? Math. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> yeah. Okay. So on the fourth day of Christmas, I hope the yeah. script writers give to me two months of therapy for FSU. Y'all got to stop. Ooh. This has to stop. I like, and if, the, and if therapy <laughs> doesn't work, then one of those memory wiping guns from Men in Black, because I just can't take another week of like the FSU faithful you know is suing another senator's involved now they're blaming yeah. the cfp snub for why they want to leave the conference even though they threatened that over a year ago i just stop do you think stop. two months is enough do you think two months is enough i like i think that they could probably get over it with intensive two months of therapy like every okay. week minimum maybe twice a week someone's couch i've been you know sometimes therapy is just a way to like <laughs> 
retune those muscles and but they need a real intense boot camp because this has gotten out of control they're going to start blaming the cfp snub on everything the weather the orange harvest it's like y'all stop it uh so i want for them to heal i really want and need for them to heal okay i mean listen i hope it doesn't affect the orange harvest because i like many americans love me some oj in the morning and i'm not opposed to pulp all right but Again, the 12-team expanded playoff is coming just a year too late because if that was the case, Florida State, be you know, top six team, they'd be able to defend their position, get smoked by Georgia, and then everybody else would be able to dogpile on them. Like, really? Really? Okay. Um, next, who do I have here? On the fifth. fifth day of Christmas, sports writers gave to me Shohei with kylie (laughs) it's the full la turn yeah even though my guy was playing in la he wasn't playing in la you know what i mean dude is a dodger now dudes were 700 mil uh and i'm by kylie i meant kendall kendall's not with bad bunny anymore kendall wants like this who's this who's this tall broad handsome k-pop star what he plays for the dodgers he signed for how much you how much is deferred that's okay and then shohei gets spotted out with kendall i think that'd be a good looking couple actually um yeah they are both stunningly beautiful people um she listen she is a great harbinger of things to come because she of course has uh, with the exception of ben simmons that one didn't go well uh right like that but she typically picks pretty good like she's She's not doing what her sister did. I think she learned from from Kim and Chris Humphrey. She was like, I'm going for at least nah. all stars, right? Or at least people Facts. who are in the conversation for it. Facts. Uh, so she's had she's had a few, uh, you know, a few turns in the NBA. And now she's moving to MLB. I like this. I like this Thank for you. her. I wouldn't have put her with an MLB player because they don't they don't tend to have enough swag, you know, you feel but- just a bad bunny. But you know, Shohei, that man is swagged out to a trillion. Now Shohei, very private, total the opposite of the Kardashian way. So we'll see how how that plays out. That's uh, actually that's actually quite true. I just think yeah. it would be would that couple give Travis Taylor a run for their money in terms of notoriety? One hundred percent, I think so. Yes, it just again and the unlikeliness of it. Kendall Jenner is a huge star. Kendall also the most private of the clan so we'll certainly see that's a we'll good, see that's a we'll good. see how it plays out i've been so right at predicting these things all year so i'm gonna so lay say, out so say it's not gonna happen so that way it does that'd be sick all right on the sixth day of christmas i hope the script writers give to me a cloak of protection for the clippers oh because they're old no because finally we are getting They're the good. Clippers. We were promised. We yes. were promised this years ago when they all converged in the other part of LA and they were like, we're going to make the Clippers a thing. And like LA is going to be a Clippers town. And then injury after injury after injury after injury. And it has been a dream deferred. But finally, we are seeing what this Clippers team can be if they're all healthy and all playing together. Kawhi Leonard, seven straight 25 point games. 
They've won nine street straight. That's their longest streak since 2015, 16. Like this is the Clippers team we want. And so I'm just hoping nothing catastrophic happens to them so that we can finally get it. Who do you want to, who would you rather see win a ring? James Harden or Russell Westbrook? Or PJ Tucker? I think Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I think Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I, I really think. want that for Russell Westbrook. So he's playing great. He's the best defensive player in the NBA. It's one of those times where he sort of said something salacious and it was true, right? About himself. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm the best player in the defender in the NBA right now. And he's not wrong. The numbers bear it out. It's a fun story. So let's protect them at all costs. Bubble wrap the Clippers. Okay, here we go. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a Publix endorsement for Messi. Now we all remember how Messi started his time down there um, in Miami was making a midnight Publix run and mm -hmm. nobody was the wiser. I mean, there was a couple people who were like, pretty sure that's Lionel Messi getting a pub sub. He had a couple of pictures, um, you know, with a couple of fans there who recognized who he was. But I feel like in that moment, he felt so normal that he was able to walk the aisles somewhat peacefully compared to um, whether he was in his home of Argentine or, you know, in Paris after leaving there or, you know, Barcelona, wherever. I just think it would be hilarious for like the suave international World Cup winning most famous athlete on the planet, Lionel Messi, to sign an endorsement deal with like Publix, who's known for like $6 buffalo chicken sandwiches. That'd be so funny. They're the most, listen, but anybody that's been to a Publix also knows they are like the preeminent grocery store. So that's what I'm saying. He's not slumming it. You know, this is not the Piggly Wiggly. All right. True, true, true. Publix is, listen, when I would go back, when I moved away from Georgia, away from the comforts and confines of a Publix, and I had to start, you know, star marketing it up in Boston, when we would go down to spring training for the Red Sox, the first thing I would do when I would land like the basic bitch that I am is go right to a Publix and get a damn rotisserie chicken. I mean, get a fresh roasted rotisserie chicken, a sub, okay, from the Publix bakery, amongst the best in the world probably, okay? White mountain bread sandwich because Oof. why not, all right? Fresh fruit and be on my way. Publix is the only grocery store I've come across where you can get the produce and the seafood and the meat and everything at the same place because you yeah. believe in the freshness of it. Would you believe we don't have a Publix endorsement on this show? We should clip this and send it to them. We should. On the eighth day of Christmas, I hope the scriptwriters give to me a Pac-12 team, that being the Washington Huskies, winning a national championship from their deathbed. Can you imagine winning the lottery like – as you're laying there dying. And that's essentially what it would be like. Of course, Damn. the Pac-12 Pac is over. The Pac-12 is over. Washington is streaking towards the Big Ten. And if they were to win, if the Pac-12 was to finally get their championship after all these years again, only for it all to come unraveling minutes later, it's just like, it's the best kind of poetry. It also means that Alabama would have lost. So... Go Huskies. Oh, are you calling Alabama over Michigan at the Rose I Bowl? I am. Oh, yeah, I think, I think, I think Michigan. And um, I, I think that Washington's going to be able to score on Texas. I think Alabama's going to win the national championship. There's, gosh, they're a wagon. Um, this will be more 
more so for Pac-12, less for Washington, who would take that national championship into the Big Ten and be like, we're the defending champs. We, we, we are the kings of the Big Ten. We are literally the defending national champs. I love that. I like that. This was the year of the Pac-12. Had this happened, literally, El, we discussed this many a time on the pod. If this season would have happened literally two seasons ago, they would have got their TV deal done. Who knows who they would have kept, how much money they'd be making. Uh, but I think the college football landscape would still look drastically different, but drastically different in, in a far differing way. I know that's quite broad, but the Pac-12 needed this season two years ago. And I'm all yeah. for Michael Penix Jr. If I had a Heisman vote, I don't. I would have voted for him. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Connor McDavid lifting Lord Stanley. Mm. Yes, this is a hockey program, all right? L's going with Ovechkin, and I'm going with Connor McDavid. It's a, it's a bit of a down year for McDavid. I'm not saying that he's old, but we're touting this on ESPN as like two generational talents. It's Connor Bedard. It's Connor McDavid, the two Connors, separated by nine draft seasons apart, twenty or eight seasons apart. 2015 number one overall pick, Connor Bedard, 2023 overall pick. They're playing recently. But Connor McDavid... And Leon Dreisaitl and what the Edmonton Oilers have in the talents that Connor McDavid is, this man has won every single trophy there is to win in the NHL. Not once, not twice. This dude is three-peating, four-peating, heart trophies, every other trophy that they give out in the NHL, but he has yet to even get close to sniffing a Stanley Cup. And I don't like generational talents not being rewarded with the ultimate with the ultimate prize in, in set sport. Now the Oilers right now, they're, they're on the bottom half of the Western conference. They're not as strong as they were last year or two seasons ago, again, seasons early, but I would love Connor McDavid to lift Lord Stanley's cup. I have no affiliation to Edmonton. I just feel for the guy because he's the best player in the league and he has zero Stanley cups to show for it. Elle. All right. Yeah, we uh we try to do that a lot with people. We make them the face of something and it is nice yes. when they are able to deliver. Um so yeah, how ironic that like the two faces of hockey, the two future generational talents are both Connors. On the 10th day of Christmas, I hope the script writers give to me James Dolan refocusing his energy. Oh yeah, get outside of MSG anywhere. Okay. Have you guys heard the story that the owner of the Knicks, James Dolan, has refused to give any more comped tickets to actress slash model Emily Ratajkowski? Oh, yeah. Because her and fellow supermodel Arena Shake, who has a baby with Bradley Cooper and is currently maybe dating Tom Brady, they left the Knicks game a couple minutes early with like two minutes left. Apparently, the Knicks had like a huge comeback from 21 points. They had to bounce. They later said it was some childcare stuff. We get it. They got kids. They're moms. Also, who cares? They wanted to leave the game. They left. James Dolan's like, no, not on my watch. You're not going to just get up and leave one of our comebacks, leave two open seats so the broadcast thinks that we're a joke. So when she went back to MSG and said, I would love to get some comp tickets so I could go to the Rangers game. Rangers are good. Ooh. They said no. And they didn't just say no to her. They said no publicly. They tried to embarrass her. Ooh. And I really want this to be beneath a billionaire with like a lot bigger fish to fry. But I know that it is James Dolan and that's not that's not true. So I am just hoping in the new year, just for a refocus, just an energy shift to making a new sphere and not worrying if a couple of models left your damn game two minutes early. I'm not. 
I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here, L, but is it optically bad when you're the owner of the Knicks, the single most, second most valuable NBA franchise, um, to have empty seats courtside? That's a bad look. I That's just a bad don't, look. I don't, I don't think that anyone, like I would not have looked at that broadcast in what was a good game, like a really fun high true, energy come from true. behind game. I wouldn't have looked at that broadcast, saw two empty seats courtside and gone, oh, no one's supporting the team. I would have just assumed what any normal person would, which is that those people left or they went to the bathroom or they got a snack. Like, I don't know, any plausible thing. If you are the kind of person that is watching that while in the middle of watching a game and a comeback of that proportion, then you're the kind of person that leaves the game two minutes early. So it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> We better they watch what we say, though, because, you know, you give celebrities these tickets because you are exploiting them and they're exploiting you back. So there's no victims here. Nobody feels bad for anybody. You Correct. were trying to be able to put Emily Ratajkowski on your Instagram pages. This is the place to be. Look, it's Emily Ratajkowski. She's hot. And she decided to leave early. So you want to be mad at her for that? She was never there for the basketball. Shut up. Straight up, James Dolan. Plus, if those seats remain empty, me and Elle pull up. It ain't no thing. We're we're, fillers. I don't man, care about that. Look at, I got no ego. Look at all this airtime we're giving you. I love L how there was a callback of like children are the ultimate get out of jail free card because that's the first thing Radikowski went to. Yeah. And who's going to call her on it? Who's going to no, call her can't. on it? You can't. You can't. You yeah. never will. On the 11th day of Christmas, the sports script writers and our bosses at ESPN gave to me a contract extension. For Gary, that's. I wow. mean, it's a little, it's a little self-serving, but I mean, hey, L. In order for me to stay in this sports conversation, in this realm, sharing a space with you, I'm up in June. All right, we're just gonna need to get that done. I don't know. Am I allowed to speak? Am I allowed to speak? Speak on that? Um, Either way, would love it. I mean, would love a contract did. extension so we keep going, so we could keep this going. I love we that. keep this going. You know what I mean? What's what's our motto outside of our sports center studio to serve sports fans anywhere and everywhere? And I'm just a small little piece in helping us do that, and I would like to remain that way. And what's my own personal motto for this show? Don't be a thirst trap <laughs> that begs for a contract on television. I wasn't asking. I was simply telling what the scriptwriters are going to give us. Goop, goop, There's goop. a difference. There's a difference. Guys, let's get Gary some water. Can you be? Can you con? Can you contract trap? Can you contract thirst trap? I don't. Know. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. I'll let you. I'll let you know how it goes. If I'm not here in <laughs> July, <laughs> I mean, listen. Your bosses do listen to this podcast. At least they claim to. So um, we'll see if maybe this is a great conversation starter that you just awkwardly invited the whole entire nation into. We love that. Um, Thank you. All right. And finally, on the 12th <laughs> day of Christmas, I hope the script writers give to me some courage for George Pickens. Oh. Yeah. It's very Wizard of Oz, this guy. He's the cowardly yeah. lion, it appears. Um, that's what people are calling him. I really like George Pickens. He's a bulldog. And the guy he is, is a, a heck of a receiver. He's a current stealer. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's this play that was going viral. Uh, the Steelers got beat by the Colts, and they just got mollywopped. It wasn't good. Yeah. And George Pickens just, like, gives up on a block. He doesn't even try. He just stands there. So he was asked about why he did that. And this is what he said. No, I was just trying to uh, prevent the Tank Dell situation, the same thing that happened to Tank Dell. 
I ain't want to get an injury. Uh, you know, when you stay on the block too long, you can get ran up on very easily. So. He just he was he says the longer that you hold a block, the greater risk of injury. And he just did not want to hurt himself. And everyone is just losing their minds. I mean, you know, we've got lots of integrity of the games and like this is the Steelers, this is blue collar, these people are tough. You know, you're talking about the steel curtain, like a place that was, you know, where Heinz Ward once walked. You know, I was the toughest son of a da 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 da, you know, and everybody's giving George Pickens a hard time. And it just kind of feels like Maybe George Pickens said the quiet part out loud. It's just like the guy a couple of years ago on the Cowboys that was like, hey, man, we don't all go hard 100% of the time. You really can't physically nah, do hell that. No. Everyone was like, shut up. Yeah, facts. <laughs> you also, just can't say those kinds of things. But here's the thing. What people need to understand, and I'm thinking maybe this might skew to the older demographic who a lot of this might be coming from. I don't know. That might be an ignorant comment, but George Pickens comes from the school of I'm sitting out a bowl game, even though he never did because he was playing for national championships. But he comes from the Gen Z um, demographic of players who are like, it doesn't behoove me to get in there. It's not going to behoove me to play in this bowl game that's not a national championship. Get ready for more of that. I mean, Tom Brady wasn't wrong when he was like, yo, the 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 – the physical nature of this game has changed. People are getting softer. There's not as much of what you were talking about, that grit, that I want to win every single play for 60 straight minutes. There ain't as much of that in today's NFL, man. And George Pickens, again, saying what a lot of his his colleagues probably think. Like, nah, man, y'all could have that. <laughs> It, yes. I mean, listen, we're not we're prioritizing things nowadays that they never prioritized before. And I think those things are important. I just also think he also comes from a generation where they just sort of say things and then they Correct. go, oh, the media is distorting it. No, bro. You just can't say stuff like that. You can't say when you are, you know, forced to sort of be accountable for something, say, I didn't want to hurt myself. Even if that thought crossed your mind, you just can't say those kinds of things on a team where people are competing, where all they do is preach things like we don't ever take a down off and da, 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 da. all of these sort of tropes and diatribes that we all go on when it pertains to these gladiators. Like we all know that's not true. Just like we all knew not every single guy goes 100% every single snap of a game. It probably is physically impossible. Maybe unless, of course, you're a Watt. Or a Bosa. They seem yeah, no. wired completely Facts. Um, but You, you know what's going to be hilarious, though, from George Pickens, though? If after the uh, next week's game and he, he makes, like, this super physical block or, you know, he's out there just earning it. If this man gets in front of a mic and was like, I keep receipts. And he gives us a I keep receipts talk. I'm going to lose my mind, L. I'm going to lose my mind if I get another I keep receipts talk. I'm standing on business. Oh, standing on business. Where's Perk? Where's Perk? <laughs> standing Perk, on loves, Perk loves standing on business. Standing on business. So there it is, script writers. Do your bid. Um, we will mm -hmm. take... We would love all of these gifts, but we're not... Hell yeah, we would. We get every single Christmas gift on our list. However, take this, implement it into your script, and hopefully... We can have a fantastic 2024 in the sports world. It really does, this season anyway, end with a great game. They're dubbing it the greatest Monday night football game of all time ever. 
you've got two teams with the best records in their respective conferences at 11 and three. This is like only like the second time in like 60 years it's happened this late in the season. This is what we want to see. Gare Bear. As if that wasn't a Christmas night, like, hello, I'm here for this. And as if just the Brock Purdy versus Lamar Jackson, like all these weapons versus the other, if that wasn't enough, we just got the ultimate alley-oop for an incredible contest. And that was one guy deciding to run his mouth. Marlon Humphrey, cornerback for the Ravens. He's like, I'm going to go ahead and not just stir this pot a few days before this game. I'm just going to drop a grenade in it. Here's what he said. I don't respect them. Talk. Keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, man. Yeah, uh, no. Shout out. Who don't you respect? No, I don't respect a single person on their football team. Yeah. That's what you say when you're about to play like the commanders, L. I've, I, oh, oh. I, I, mm, I know. I worry because, like, damn, say I don't respect a single person on that team. Feels, it feels like we've seen this play out a few times before, Gary. There's a couple of examples that we have of people who just handed the other team bulletin board material and it didn't work out at all. If you go back to 2005, okay, the Steelers and the Bengals play each other two, three weeks before the season ends and the <sighs> Bengals beat the Steelers. And then TJ Hushmanzada, oh, he decides to take a terrible towel and he just uh, cleans his cleat with a terrible towel. That is so disrespectful. You might as well take a rosary and spit oh, on it. That oof. is right. Sacrilege. Damn. Even just and verbalizing it. Right. Sacrilege. So Bill Cower says, I took that clip. I showed it to them the day before we played the Bengals in the wild card round three weeks later in the playoffs. And all I said was, have a good night, fellas. Of course, that next night, they knock out Carson Palmer in the first quarter. They overcome a a big deficit and score 17 unanswered in the second half. And they would go on that year to win the Super Bowl. And it all started right there with that bulletin board material. From TJ Hushmanzada. You can't disrespect other people's houses. You can't do that. You can't just go in a. Hasn't Rick James taught us anything? You can't just go into other people's houses and just start stepping on their couches, using their linens and their upholsteries for doing the dirty work. Nah, man. Yeah. You can't can't disrespect people's houses. You know what else you can't disrespect? People's ages, especially when that person that you're disrespecting is literally on the list being. 1A, 1B for greatest of all time. You know who had to learn that the hard way? Dylan Brooks of the Grizzlies last April when the Lakers were playing Memphis. And Dylan Brooks had this to say, high on moxie after his team beat the Lakers about the great LeBron James. You and LeBron have that exchange. There are people out there that say, maybe maybe you shouldn't do that with one of the better players in the game. I guess, what what were you thinking? I don't care, he's old. So he says that, and predictably, LeBron comes out the very next game, whispers something in his ear, picks him apart, Dylan Brooks gets ejected, and LeBron James, of course, and the Lakers win the series and move on. Like, why would you pick a fight with LeBron? Yeah, man. Well, you know, I know that we're going bulletin board material here, but the one person in recent memory who did and actually backed it up was a rookie 
Benedict Matherin of the Pacers last year. This was before he was drafted. And, of course, nowadays everybody gets asked about who their GOAT is and LeBron James playing with him, playing against him. Benedict Matherin, the stud out of Arizona, was like, man, he said something to the tune of, LeBron James, you're going to have to prove to me he's the GOAT. LeBron James is going to have to come see me. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is going to have to come see me. You know what LeBron did the first time the Lakers played the Pacers last season in their yeah. first meeting between King James and Benedict Matherin? What? The Lakers lost. Benedict Matherin outscored LeBron James 23-21. to 21. I distinctly remember us doing this in SportsCenter, being like, looking forward to the game, like, man, Benedict Matherin is going to get cooked. LeBron James is going to cook this man. And the next day we did the highlight, we were like, we were all so wrong. Is Benedict Matherin the GOAT? Uh, At least he's in the conversation now. It it doesn't oftentimes happen that way, but uh, more oftentimes than not, it it Dylan Brooks's things rather than Benedict Matherin's themselves. Another example of it working out well, Larry Bird, 1986, first ever three-point contest, walks in super late to the locker room. Everybody that's competing is already in there. He looks around. He goes, so who's coming in second? He goes out there still in his warm-up jacket. Couldn't even be bothered to take his warm-up jacket off. Promptly wins and walks out. Like, that is bravado you can back up. Before we get out of here, uh, a couple of quick notes. We are going to have a Christmas special Oh, uh, where we will basically be doing like a best of that will be yeah, that's right. on Monday on Christmas Day. So if you're like traveling in the car or whatever, or you're just trying to tune out your kids, make sure that you tune in on Christmas. We'll have that for you. But you mentioned, um, you know, you should have never brought it up. And I brought something up to you the other day, mm-hmm. uh, Gary, and I feel like I stirred the universe because I compared you to yes. someone. And now all of a sudden you're being bombarded with that comparison from others. Henry Melton. No, wait. Charles Melton. Yeah, you don't even know the Charles. Name. It's Charles it, Melton. I always get the two mixed up. So you had just got done watching a movie, and after we got done taping Monday, you were like, man, you remind me of Charles Melton, Charlie Melton. Everybody knows. Most people know who Charlie Melton is. I was like, oh, that's crazy. I've gotten that a couple of different times. But, L, that night, I send you a text of um, June Lee, former colleague of ours, sends me a text. The exact same thing that you said. And then I get a bunch of DMs being like, dude, you remind me so much of Charlie Melton. I got like six of them within a 24-hour span of you watching the movie. And it's a doppelganger that I've not gotten collectively a lot. But it did get me thinking, L, we've gotten some doppelgangers in our in our lives here. And I think it's a good, good starting five that yeah. we can go with this week. How about la- ladies first? Okay. Uh, I mean, listen, I don't even have a starting five. Anybody who is light skin and black at that moment, that's a woman and is popular. That's who I look like. So at various points in my life, I have looked like Lisa Turtle. I have looked like uh, Janet Jackson. I've looked like Scary Spice. I've looked like Christina Milian. I've looked like Faith Evans. Um, someone when I was uh, working as a caterer, literally in a catering apron and uniform at an event asked me if I was Blue Cantrell while her song was currently out on the charts. I was like, (laughs) I'm holding an hors d'oeuvre tray. Why the would I be doing that if I was Blue Cantrell? So, you know, it really is just sort of whoever is of the moment in light skin, like that's what I look like. You, but 
but you said that ice spice has not yet been associated with you. You said you've not yet ice gotten spice has ice a spice. a very unique look. So no, I don't. Nobody has accused me of ice spice. I think the only okay. thing we really have is is the red hair. Okay. All right. Okay. I could see all of them. Uh, Lisa Turtle, when you do curl your hair, you're known to do that. Yeah. I'll rip through my quick starting five here. Okay. No particular order. Uh, Pedro Martinez once told me that I remind him of the Asian Rick Porcello. All right. You got to be a New England guy to really kind of get that reference. He was like, you're Rick Porcello, but Asian. I was like, that's awesome. That's the first time I heard it and the last time I heard it. Yep. Uh, got, got a lot. This was back in my prime. Taylor Lautner from the Twilight franchise. I used to get that every single day. You guys are just both I, like meat. You both have the, the body type. It's like the meathead type. Just of like meat. when I was in college, every single day I would get stopped and people thought I thought, thought I was Taylor Lautner. Um, let me see here. Dean Kane, the old Superman sometimes. <laughs> uh, and then you're going to like these ones. You're going to like these ones. Devin Booker. I get Devin Booker a lot. <laughs> I told this to Devin Booker and Devin Booker was disgusted. He was like, you? And then I get Mario Lopez a lot. Um, I definitely could see Mario Lopez more than I could see Devin Booker. I mean, Devin no, I Booker, see- that you clearly have no African-American in you. That is not a thing that exists in you. Devin Booker. Devin Booker? You, you could, Devin Booker is <laughs> I, I know, I know. But it's you the, it's the, it's the Jin part. Yeah, it's again. That's yeah. fair. No, I don't. I don't see it. I do appreciate though that that list didn't did include people that were not all like Korean or Asian because yeah. I do wonder um, how annoying that has. But I did used to get some like random ones. Like I got compared to a white girl one time, um, Mina Savari. Do you remember when she had a moment like? No, but American let me look her up. Pie. Oh yeah, I know who that talk. Mina Sa. S-U-V-A-R-I. People used to give me that one a little bit. I got that a couple times and I was like, interesting. I just appreciate it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I just appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I can. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, same as you, by the way. I told Christina Milian that people uh, always said that I looked like her and she literally went, oh. Oh, no. She oh, was no. like, she smiled through her teeth and was like, Oh. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, I was like, I was like, and then I found myself like, you know, making excuses for why I look the way I do. Oh, well, I got, but like, I know that I'm not like definitely like not totally right. Like, I get it. <laughs> You're just like prefacing everything I was yourself. Like, no, I, mean, I know I'm a mutant. I'm sorry. I just I'm so sorry that I <laughs> someone as beautiful as you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um. All right. So there it is. Those are, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for rolling with us all year long. Make sure not to show your kids any Christmas classics because I've discovered recently that they're all incredibly problematic. Um, A Merry Christmas to everyone except for Karen. And no, I don't mean like like the term that we use for Karens. I mean, Karen from Frosty specifically, she's a monster. Um, She took advantage of a struggling magician she stole his property. She inexplicably um, decided to roll along with Frosty when she tried to get him back to the North Pole, which was stupid because she's a little girl and she's freezing. So, of course, predictably, when she starts freezing to death, she forces all the other forest animals to leave their families and make a fire for her. Like, she is just a mess. And then she just, like, watches. Now, I give it to her. She had to watch her best friend Frosty die in front of her, and, like, that was tra- traumatizing. But this also all really started because of theft of property. So don't show your kids all of these classics. They're actually like not that great. I mean, 
the Grinch like suffered from yeah. like, a of heart disease and they just like banished him, which was really cruel and not empathetic. And also Rudolph was mercilessly bullied and mocked and had to like save everyone for it to stop. This is all really abhorrent behavior that we should not be teaching to our kids. And with that, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. The Grinch found a cure and I think we should bring bullying back. Merry Christmas. Oh, God. <laughs>